You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. All righty. Good morning. Good morning. How's morning. it going? Oh, coffee. coffee. Cheers. Coffee cheers. Cheerios. Good morning. How you feeling? Feel great. 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 Yeah, we had a social evening last night. Yes, we did. Mescal was involved. Yes. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Hanging out with our friends that say our non-crypto friends yeah the non-crypto friends but they're not because we are yeah (laughs) always have been actually so what's going on monerotopia is anybody watching uh we got two live viewers all right guys we got a we got the price report today people are excited about that we got james coming on from the bull and bear crypto What's his uh, thing called? Well, I guess he'll tell us. I saw him. I think I just found it randomly. I was searching on YouTube for people that have been doing uh, Monero press reports. His was one of the ones that popped up. I think he did one like maybe a month ago. Uh, and it looked pretty pretty good. Sh- showed the number going yeah. up. So I was like, all right, let's get this guy out. <laughs> we'll get excited about that. <laughs> uh, how's our lighting today? I feel like it's... Uh draining me out a little bit here (laughs) the monero topia is uh sucking you into (laughs) um anything we want to discuss before we bring them up um or should we get right to the good stuff i guess uh yeah i guess we should just jump into the good stuff i think that's what people want to hear anybody who's watching as you know as we said in the intro uh, if anybody ever wants to come on stage, just come on down. Sunita will put the link up there. It's super easy. You just click on it. Uh, you don't need an app or anything, right? Just, no, you literally can just click just on it from your, your phone. And it just opens up and you can just jump on, hang out with us, say something, yeah, don't, don't say something. Don't be shy. Don't wait till the last 10 minutes of the show because then, <laughs> you know, the show ends up going an extra hour. An hour, an hour and so a half. So if you want to come on, think about it. You know, you don't really need much. I, a lot of people, I saw people in the last show, they were commenting like, uh, I get nervous or whatever. I don't know what's like, nothing to be nervous about. Just jump on. Just up. jump on and just say hi. We make fools of ourselves literally every time we're up here. So Yes, we do. We know how it feels. <laughs> All right. Let's, so, uh, uh, let's just bring James on. Yeah, let's bring James right. on. Uh, yes. Oh, that's his stream. Bam. Here hey, we go. James, hear us. Hey, James. I can hear you. I can see you. I love the studio. It, it's fantastic. <laughs> Looks amazing. I, I love the accent. Where are you, where are you calling in from? Uh, London, UK, based in the heart of the city. So, yeah. How about you guys? Very 
we're in Queens, New, New York. York. Oh, nice, nice. Only been there once, but yeah, liked it. Awesome. Where were you in New York? Uh, actually, in Queens. I visited Queens, Manhattan. I was uh, in Tribeca mostly, hanging out, being a yeah, just wandering around big city. Quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. How long were you here for? Uh, two weeks, two beautiful weeks, okay. and it was um, the hottest time ever. <laughs> it was like scorching hot. I'm not too great with the uh, weather, as I'm sure you can assume, being uh, me being from London. So we don't get much get much sun. So it's nice. Yeah, New York in the summer is brutal. New York in the winter is kind of brutal too. Yeah, <laughs> like it's now like, is actually the best time. Yeah, fall is uh, like really nice because it's not too September. warm. Not too cold. It's like perfect. Yeah, summer. A little bit, but then you get the allergies. At least I do in spring. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, man. We I randomly came across you. I was just searching on YouTube, trying to find people that were doing Monero price reports, and I found one of your. Vi I think you posted a video on Monero like maybe a month ago. Yeah. And yeah. I thought it. I thought it looked good. I'm not. You know, I'm not a TA expert by any means. But uh, I, I, I thought you had some good analysis going. How long you been doing this? Uh, I've been trading since 2012, 2013, mostly in traditional markets um, and crypto 2015, 2016 is when I properly financially committed. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a journey, <laughs> I have to say. I've lost quite a bit of money in the <laughs> early days, but it was worth it. Um, and yeah, I... I love I love uh, I love what trading can do for you because it's you know it's a way to kind of get yield that you can typically get from traditional financial services. So and you know if you if you progress long enough, means you can kind of not have to have a proper job, which I also like. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how has your viewpoint uh, or view of the space evolved over time? So it sounds like you've been for a while trading for a while. Um, so. I had uh, relatively early exposure to the cryptocurrency space, but it didn't click for me. Um, I had a friend then was use, was buying illicit things on the internet, and um, I asked him about Bitcoin, and uh, I asked him because he because he made money from it, and he said I asked him was it a good time to get in. He said no because he kind of missed the pump, and that was around like four to five hundred dollars at the time, um, and then. I saw something from Andreas Antonopoulos. I think it was his first appearance on Joe Rogan's show. And that's when I was like, okay, this keeps popping up. It must be something. Um, so, so yeah, I started trading, started investing. And to be honest with you, my understanding from the fundamental technological side, it's it's a journey. And then it, you know, it kind of evolves into your understanding of, you know, monetary policy and lots of other things. It's just an endless rabbit hole. And then of course, privacy, which is, you know, a key thing that we should all be extremely considered, uh, consider ourselves, especially with what's going on now in the world. But um, yeah, it's it's been a journey. So, and do you look at you know look at the space? Are you are you looking at the fundamentals as well of the technology? Or are you really just more interested in the TA and you know trying to catch the next uh, coin that's going to pump? So, because I've been successful enough with the technical analysis side of things i can kind of just i can just look at chart and make money from them um but i prefer to have a overall grasp so staying in tune with the new cycle is crucial um 
fundamental analysis is key, just understanding, you know, what really drives these technologies and what drives price, um, how assets are correlated, how, you know, crypto, how individual cryptos are correlated to what other crypto assets, different sectors like DeFi, um, and then how that relates to the broader financial markets. Um, so I think it's best to try and be as knowledgeable as possible. The thing is, is that I'm extremely, I just love the cryptocurrency space in general. I think there's so much innovation coming from this space. The fact it's open source, I think is is amazing as well. So I'm just really interested anyway. So it's something that comes very natural just to kind of look at the news in the crypto space and just see what's developing and you know learn about a lot of projects. But I'll be honest with you, I've kind of tuned out with uh, DeFi and NFTs because it's just a bit of... There's, there's, I, it's kind of reached a point where it's nothing dramatically new is happening. So, yeah. And then, so then, which which coins do you tend to look at? And okay, so I have um, all the <laughs> every single cryptocurrency that's listed on an exchange uh, in my list on the side. I have some main coins that I pay attention to, so Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. I have the Bitcoin dominance chart and then just the total crypto market cap chart as well. Um, and then I have some just individual ones that get on my radar depending on um, just how the charts look really. I tend to cycle through uh, and find something that makes sense or follow a trend that's been, uh, you know, that, that, that hasn't really, hasn't really been picked up in terms of the charts, but is, is you know has some kind of you know news behind it or or fundamental reason why I should be paying attention to it. So I kind of look for the, look at that sector. Um, yeah, it's generally how I like to do it. So like, what type of things catch your catch your eye? You mean like when you see more volume coming in, or what? What are the type of things that pique your interest with the coin? Where you say, all right, now's the time to look at this particular coin when it comes to trading. So, just very straightforward common patterns that i trade successfully so just through experience you you, you tend to work out what trades you're best at um, structurally on the chart and it can just be a point of looking at a particular sector for example if i go to my binance uh no my binance DeFi perp list i could just look at this chart and say it's garbage it's okay and just cycle through um, if anything stands out, for example, this one, this is a pretty standard pennant pattern. So we have an impulse, high, low, upper channel resistance, low channel supports. Um, so I just add that to a, to a short list and then I'll pay more attention to it, you know, later on uh, and do some proper in-depth analysis and see if anything stands out. Um, sometimes there's nothing on the day that I really want to trade. Um, and sometimes there is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I do it. Very cool. Very cool. How long have you been doing these videos for? Uh, Twenty seventeen. I was, it was. I was actually in New York, <laughs> so um, it was. It was a weird one. I saw uh, someone's YouTube channel, and I thought he wasn't doing a very good job. So I thought yeah. I'd just try and do better. And I was. I was. I was doing mostly news videos with a bit of TA at the beginning, and it was just more of a case of. Um, more of a mental dump of me processing what was happening in the markets rather than trying to create something for other people, if I'm honest with you. Um, and then it kind of turned into something and the channel just grew. Uh, so I'm very fortunate to have gone down that path. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice connecting with other people in the space because you get a lot of different viewpoints and it exposes you, you to things that you typically wouldn't really uh, just be aware of because there's so much going on in this space alone. So, And are mo most people following you or watching you through YouTube or you have other means? I know you have a Telegram and what are your... 
Yeah, uh, it's mostly actually audio, um, which is funny because the technical analysis side of things can be quite visual. Um, but um, I, most of my audience is audio and then then it's YouTube. And I've kind of neglected other platforms because, um, yeah, it, I'm trying to slowly remove myself from the internet <laughs> due to privacy concerns. Um, so yeah, the, the social media platforms I had connected were kind of tied to my identity. So I've kind of gone back and kind of put up some kind of bridge between, not bridge wall between that. So, so most yeah. people are actually listening to your podcasts. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah. You would think more people would be watching uh, the YouTube videos from TA, right? Yeah. Yeah. But my, my videos originally started out with just news. So, okay. Yeah. People love the TA. I mean, I've seen some people blow up on YouTube, right? With TA. Uh, just doing technical analysis every day because I think it's, you know, it's 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 addicting. You know, people <laughs> like if people want to watch, they just want. It's just like checking the price, right? You want to check the if you hold if you hold bags and some coin, you're you're on Coin Market Cap checking the price like you know five times a day. Yeah, <laughs> same thing with the TA. So anyone that puts out TA videos, uh, if they do it pretty consistently, they end up doing quite well, uh, fulfilling that that addiction that people have for wanting to hear more about the price, even though uh, <laughs> it's, uh, a lot of it is, you know, what, what do you think? Right. I mean, a lot of it is uh, your guess is as good as mine. Right. I mean, Oh, well, there's, there's zero certainties. It's, it's right. probabilities. And, um, you know, I think, uh, so, so I think a lot of people seek out those videos just to, to hear what they want. Uh, right. Yeah, just to, just to hear good news, ultimately. And a lot of TA videos are mostly um, very biased towards providing that for them because that's where the engagement comes from, I think, if I'm being honest with you. I've, I've looked at some of the stuff out there, and a lot of it's really good, honestly. Um, but, uh, but there's just a consistent pattern of only good news when it doesn't always make sense. So, um, yeah, I think it's always important to try and... Be as honest as possible about you know what's happening in the markets and you know because you can make money when the price goes up and down anyway so but i don't think that's as attractive to some people that watch that's yeah. the only thing and a lot, a lot of people set themselves up in a way where they're kind of always right when you listen to them so <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. my third video i did i had uh, been entering a bear market i did i did mention that at that point <laughs> yeah the price could go up, but it could also go down. <laughs> so, <laughs> in all scenarios, you're, you're always correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want you want to jump into Monero? We don't see a lot of uh, Monero price. I guess you have people throwing them up there every now and then. Um, we we want to get into putting it more on this show because people do love to hear. It. We don't like to talk about price much uh, on my on the Monero talk show. We rarely talk about price. We bring people on. We interview them about things that are happening in Monero, bring developers on and stuff. On this show, we talk to people, you know, uh, it's a community show, anybody that wants to jump on and ask questions. But I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about price. We try to avoid it a little bit just so it's more about the tech. But mm. I think, you know, price is extremely important. It's an indicator of how well your, your project is doing. I personally think by and far most, most coins are well a uh, way overvalued to what they're actually offering i see monero as being 
highly undervalued in that it actually is serving a purpose, provides a utility, has a real use case, has people using it when you look at the transaction counts. Mm. Um, and so that that's the those are the charts that I'm more interested in, you know, watching the network grow, watching, you know, more developers develop on Monero, watching transaction counts go up, watching, you know, growth uh, in, in the metrics of people actually using the coin. Um, but price is certainly one of those indicators, right? Like if the price isn't, isn't going up, then that means people probably aren't interested in your project. Um, so certainly, uh, I think, I think at the end of the day, price is important and it, it gets people excited, you know, when the price goes up, I mean, the community definitely gets excited without a doubt. Um, <laughs> people are making more money. They're more interested. So it is important. It is fun. So we'd love to, uh, hear your take on Monero. Hopefully we have some decent news. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. No pressure. <laughs> Good or bad. Let it get... <laughs> Tell us what so, it is. So I'll, I'll give a, a more of a long-term projection of what I expect going, you know, where things are trending. Um, again, it's probabilities, not certainties. Um, and uh, last thing I'd say is that the market's still very heavily correlated to what Bitcoin does. So if Bitcoin was to suddenly fall out the sky tomorrow, then likely the rest of the altcoins would follow. Um, but all that being said, um, our, we're looking at the monthly chart right here. So this is thinking about more of a long-term perspective. And Monero's actually had a really good run since it was listed on Kraken. I'm using Kraken because that's the longest trading history on trading view that I could find at the moment. So all the way back in 2015, it had its absolute low around 21 cents, climbed up, climbed up, climbed up to its uh, previous high, which was at $469, which is, you know, that's quite, <laughs> that's quite ridiculous considering this over the course of, you know, three, four years. Um, and we established a new low from that, from then. So ultimately it, the, the macro pattern is it, it's in an uptrend, which is good. Okay. So overall it's looking good for a long, from a long-term perspective. Um, this market cycle from its previous low back in March, when obviously all markets suffered, um, it's been doing more of the same. The key thing that I was most interested in with Monero was it was it able to break above its previous all-time high, and that's the most important thing because if it if it was wasn't able to, then it would be suggesting that it's showing signs of weakness, or it was going to move through a period of sideways trading. Now, the previous high was four hundred sixty-nine dollars. This market cycles high was 517 so it didn't completely smash through but it did enough to demonstrate that you know monero isn't like some projects that we see that have been around as long as monero where they aren't really able to show any you know real signs of strength after another market cycle so things are looking good so i'm just going to drill a bit deeper into uh, this cycle and we can see we have a level here at 422 dollars on this monthly candle that we were able to break above but close below. So that's our uh, resistance level to pay attention to. And then we have our level of support here where on this monthly candle, we saw a single monthly candle, a bearish engulfing candle where we formed our new low, which was a low of $171. Now, um, I'm just gonna drill deeper into the weekly time frame. What I found interesting with Monero um, was that this is a bit of a price deviation. It's not it's not typical to see this on other altcoins where you see a wick below this level. So it's a tiny bit, not 
completely tricky, a tiny bit tricky to understand if this is the load to pay attention to or if that's the load to pay attention to. But um, if we were going to be extremely strict, we'd say this is the, the low. Um, so on the weekly time frame, things are looking reasonably decent as well. Um, we've essentially seen a common pattern. We've seen a little bit of a lot of coins as well, where we formed our low, price starts to climb, didn't break above the all-time high, similarly to Bitcoin, formed a lower high and a higher low. Okay, so that's the start, the beginning of an uptrend again. So just a series of higher highs and higher lows. It's basically all zoom in just to draw this on the chart for you just to get a bit of an idea so essentially price doing this slowly climbing up so that's good that basically means we're in an uptrend and that's what we want to see so it started off again it's in it's the initial um indications that price is going to uh, start doing something more favorable to those that are holding monero so to speak so just before we do continue the signs that things will be going against us would be a break below the most recent low. So again, if anything below this price level, so $171.48, that'd be indicating that firstly, um, we didn't break above the all-time high, the most recent high, which would suggest that that is the market top for this cycle, which is absolutely fine. Um, Long-term projection from Monero is still looking really strong if we don't, don't break above that market uh, top, which is fine. Um, but anything below 171, again, that means we're in bear market territory, which, you know, long in, in terms of uh, long-term perspective, it, it really doesn't matter for Monero. Again, what you've mentioned about on-chain activity and the metrics that really matter, those are the leading indicators that one should really be looking at in, in if you're going to hold this project for anything, you know, like four years, five years, 10 years, which I think most people probably would be if they are um, interested in this project. It would make a lot of sense based on um, uh, the fundamentals behind Monero. Um, so what I'm going to do is just a quick price projection for uh, the, the short term. And short term is on the weekly time frame. So this could develop over the course of weeks. Um, I won't go any deep into day time frame because I'm guessing people watching the show isn't, aren't uh, day trading with Nero. So, um, so we have our previous low back in March and we have our most recent high and then we have our higher low. So we're going to do a trend-based Fibonacci extension. So we go from our previous low, let me turn the magnet tool on so we're precise, previous low to our most recent high to our higher low. And what we can see is, I'll just turn this off for you. This is projecting Monero's price, this market cycle, provided it can break above the all-time high, which it's on track to do because it's formed a pattern of higher highs and higher lows that the next target we should be paying attention to would be the 0.5 FIB, which is $764. But generally speaking, price is more closely attracted to the 0.618 FIB. So that's a, just uh, above $1,000, $1,084 for Monero. But however, I'd say um, what tends to happen is price could wick to that level and more likely to close below 1,000 because 1,000 is around psychological level that people would kind of um, tend to resonate with. The, the issue with projecting price predictions where we don't have any previous price history is we don't really have much to go off other than round psychological levels and trend-based Fibonacci uh, extensions. Ultimately, there are other other strategies, but I don't use them because they're, well, they work, but they're kind of fluff. I like to keep it nice and simple. Um, but that's pretty much it. It's looking relatively strong. If you want, I can go a tiny bit deeper into the daily. What do you think? Should I go deeper into a day time frame or? Sure, sure. Yeah, okay. So. Like I said, people do love hearing about the price. <laughs> okay. All and pretend, you know, pr price doesn't matter. But when people talk price, everybody listens. So. <laughs> okay. So um, 
drilling deeper into the daily time frame. Uh, I've just done a Fibonacci retracement. So for those that aren't aware, Fibonacci basically uses golden ratio. Um, ultimately, it's a way of finding price levels um, that price action will respond to. Um, it's not an exact science, as you know you wouldn't expect with something like this, but it's haunting how uh, accurate it can be sometimes. So it is a really useful tool in one's arsenal. Um, so we have a few levels to pay attention to. Um, I'm going to also turn on something called volume profile visible range. And what's that? what that's doing is it's tracking price versus the amount of volume traded at that level. So for example, we can see um, at particular levels, we have yellow uh, nodes that are pointing out and then other levels there aren't yellow nodes are quite low. Um, these nodes are where price action has been traded uh, the most versus volume. So it's really useful to kind of understand where price should respond to. Or again, not an exact science, but it's really useful used in conjunction with Fibonacci retracements and then things like uh, higher time frame resistance, which we've noted on the chart here uh, from the monthly time frame uh, for support and resistance. So in the short term, on the daily time frame, Monero is trading above some very good uh, support levels here. Okay, so this value area, which is highlighted, has a lot of nodes where, especially this red line here, which is showing where the highest amount of volume was traded versus price, where if price were to retrace, which it absolutely could, and still be in a in an uptrend, that it should respond very favorably to and continue to uptrend. Okay, what's, what's that more? The, what Pardon, price, sorry. What price is that red line at? So the red line is at two hundred sixty. $3. Sorry, the resolution is uh, not ideal. I've got quite a big monitor. Um, but uh, $269. So price could price could even break below. That's completely fine. It's more of a case of the nodes right here, this this thick node, because um, it's, well, firstly, it's finding confidence with one of the Fibonacci levels, which is worth paying attention to. So I'd say $250, which is where that's actually tagging on the screen just there. Um, $150 is around psychological level for a start. It's also come up on the Fibonacci level and it's also part of one of the highest volume nodes on the chart. So there's three things basically saying that if price were to trend towards that level, it should hold a support essentially. Um, what's more interesting, <laughs> which your audience might like, is that above uh, the most recent uh, lower high, which was back in August, which is around $337, there's quite a bit of price action, but not much volume traded versus price. So if we are able to break above the most, uh, break above the lower high, which it seems like things are going to trend towards that way, um, then it means price is more freely able to move. So it means that if Monero were to have a nice uh, amount of volume driving price, we could see a quite volatile move ultimately, um, which would be nice uh, for those looking for some upside targets. Um, but in the short term, it's looking, it's, it's doing what one would expect it to do if it was recovering from a retracement, which is just a series of higher highs and higher lows and just continuing on that pattern. Um, I would say again, it's correlated to Bitcoin. So provided Bitcoin can continue doing what it seems to be doing, then Monero will uh, be able to follow suit ultimately. So it's looking relatively good. And um, yeah, if you're holding Monero, obviously long, you know, you know, the daily time frame is always attractive because you kind of get the pulse on the market. But ultimately, the monthly is what makes the most sense for me to look at because um, if I'm holding any asset for longer than a market cycle, which I would if I'm investing, um, 
I just want to know that you can break above the, the, the previous all-time high and it's going to establish a higher low, which it has. So it's it's looking it's looking good from there ultimately for the next you know four or five years at least. So awesome. yeah. Do you do you make like long, long-term predictions? So like you talked about this potential market top of being, you know, a thousand dollars potentially. Do you look out, like you said, like five years out? Uh, the, the further out you look the more variables that you can't account for ultimately so i tend not to um I, in terms of investing my investment strategy so i i like to have an investment strategy and then i trade to kind of build up an account which i can just add more to my core positions mm-hmm. um so in terms of my investment strategy it's mostly just looking at the fundamentals and what what is the project about um the things like you said is, does it have a strong active development community um on training metrics as well like using uh platforms like uh crypto quant actually is really useful a uh, relatively new one um but yeah it's it's just looking at you know do, is, is there anything that's going to usurp narrow ultimately is what i'd be thinking about and there's there's no technology out there which has been you know released that can or comes close um i know last market market cycle there were a few privacy coins that popped up but you know their technology was flawed um and they've kind of gone by the wayside so nothing really compares to Monero in terms of privacy so it's going to have its place yeah yeah it's, it seems to have claimed uh that spot of being the king of, of privacy or digital cash you know the most adopted coin for that use case um how about versus bitcoin do you look at you know xmr versus btc i do so um so yield so if you're talking purely from a yield perspective monero is in a downtrend and um and the the thing this is this is the thing the the case with most cryptocurrencies that aren't bitcoin Mm -hmm. um and that aren't relatively new so what, ha- what tends to happen is a new crypto will launch within a four-year cycle and they'll outperform Bitcoin, but after the next market cycle, they'll downtrend. So some coins will be good for, for trading, but I-, I can't see most coins outperforming bit- a Bitcoin on the you know BTC for yield. But there's other reasons to hold Monero so, and, o- and other cryptocurrencies anyway. So um, it's in a downtrend. Um, at the moment... I would arguably say it's in an inter- interesting position because so we have this level here, which I don't know if you can see, I'll zoom in on the chart for you on the monthly time frame. There we go. We have this level here at uh, 4,189 Satoshis, which if it can maintain and hold the support, it's a strong area of support and resistance flip, which it's slowly trending down towards, which if it can maintain then and it means changing having a higher 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 low same thing i mentioned before that's when it will start outperforming bitcoin and and coins tend to do this during certain parts of uh the market cycle the four-year cycle it's usually towards the end we tend to see it or if they're relatively new projects it's just over the course of the market cycle and then they downtrend after that so um narrow is moving into a position where I'd say we have a few months to kind of really pay attention to what's happening versus BTC. Um, I'd probably say it's, it, you know, nothing is showing me at the moment on the chart that it's going to stop downtrending other than we have this level of support that we need to hold ultimately, which has been resistance in the past multiple times um, and that we've closed below multiple times, broken above but closed below. Um, so it should be a support and resistance flip. So price should respond to that level and it already has relatively recently already. So um in you know between january and april so first quarter of this year so 
So we'll, we'll see what happens once we hit that resistance or if we hit that resistance. Yeah. So then trend back up. Exactly. And then in terms of market cycle, where do you, time-wise, when do you see the cycle potentially topping out for Bitcoin and for Monero? It seems like from what you're saying is, you know, obviously it all depends on Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin seems to currently be in an uptrend. Monero is following it. And then maybe at some point, uh, Monero will start to to catch up in terms of uh, the BTC XMR ratio, maybe towards the end of the cycle, right? Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. And the thing is, like the yield from Monero versus the dollar anyway is is more than you'd get from a savings account. So, you know, it's thing. I know people really try to optimize for the gains they make from the market, but if you're making money more than more so than you would from any you know any uh, financial advisor. Um, or a savings account or a traditional investment account, you're, you're, you're killing it. You know, we are in a minority in the cryptocurrency space. I know more people are moving into this space and sometimes it can feel like, like there's a large community, but comparatively to, you know, the rest of the population that seek yield from savings accounts, investment accounts, uh, financial advisors, even just holding Monero versus the dollar, you'd be crushing it. So, you know. Where where are you going to find anything above a couple of percent? You know, maximum five percent, ten percent outside of this space. It's 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 hard, extremely difficult. So yeah, so I wouldn't worry too much about the, the Bitcoin chart, really. Honestly, right. okay. yeah. You th- you think people? You know, there's people often talk about maybe uh, people moving their crypto profits into Monero at some point uh, towards the end of a cycle. Uh, you know, because they they want to essentially, uh, you know, maintain their privacy at that point, right? There, you know, maybe they, they made they made some decent money, and now they want to keep it in the most secure piggy bank of all, which is one where people can't see how you're moving your money around once it's moved into Monero. Do you think that's something that could play into this? I I, I wouldn't recommend doing that because you know most people when they're trading other altcoins, they're KYC'd. So there's no escape from, well, at that point, there's no escape. You've you've verified your account with your identity. You've given your address. That means that chain analysis firms can see all your transactions. It's There's no point. So I'd say, you know, if you are looking to cycle your funds, you'd have to cash out on the crypto exchange and go grab Monero from, you know, BISC or HODL HODL or other markets where you can get, you know, no KYC Monero. Um, which I actually tested recently, which is possible. It is possible to do so. <laughs> I haven't done it. I haven't checked in on that for quite some time. Um, so, but again, you know, I'd say once you're in Monero, I, I wouldn't rotate yield. I'd I'd move into Monero directly. I, it's a, I'd I'd arguably say you know getting Monero on on an exchange would be fine. Sending it off an exchange would be fine, uh, but rotating yield and you know. The, the problem comes into like you know tax and capital gains um you know it's you can't escape the government so they're gonna probably assume that um you know you've rotated the monero to keep privacy but they're gonna ask you for your money eventually you know the tax money so you know it's it's just something i I wouldn't do i'd prefer to just get monero cost average into monero um and then just move it off the exchange and keep it somewhere safe Mm -hmm. and then after that point they they'll never know you know what happened to that Monero ultimately, but then moving yield into Monero, they know how much money you've made before that. Then they can come get their get their tax money. So, 
And I'm not saying don't pay taxes, by the way. I'm just yeah, saying, no, yeah, it's, it's just... <laughs> uh, some privacy and you, yeah. you keep it on the honor system. So as opposed to, you know, uh, governments uh, sending you a bill for what they think the taxes are owed, um, you know, you're you're opting in and, and paying your taxes as you should, uh, yeah. not giving them any more information than they need. Yeah. Regards to your money. Yeah, exactly. And and I can, you know, the thing is I can kind of see a future where, you know, chain analysis technology gets more democratized so the average person will have ability to look up your transaction history, likely on an exchange because, you know, exchange exchanges have leaks all the time. So I'd say, you know, again, rotating yield into Monero just just doesn't make sense. Just 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 be happy you've made money and then um, you know, move get you know, do what you want with it. But but cost average into Monero and just get it off the exchange, basically. That was what I'd say. But atomic so. swaps, are you are you familiar with those? What's going on? How that exists now between Bitcoin and Monero? Um, I haven't checked in since last market cycle actually with atomic swaps. Um oh, yeah, so so I don't know what's going on. It's running now. Um, and it's starting to grow in terms of uh volume, people using it. Uh, so you can now atomically swap between Bitcoin and Monero. So in a obviously a decentralized way so that's that's interesting to watch as well beautiful i love that i love that um extremely needed because you know bitcoin is a open blockchain um pseudonymous blockchain so yeah i like that yeah you know back to the taxes thing i'm sure you've heard these rumors of potentially taxing unrealized capital <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i mean i'll be honest with you i i think there's a lot of uh, a bit of drama around it in terms of what they proposed versus where people were seeing it going. But I think it's very reasonable. You know, the it's a, it's a game of inches. And if, if something like that was proposed, it's, it's just, it's an extremely slippery slope. And it's just, it just means what is, you know, what are property rights at the end of the day? You know, if you, if you own your home and it increases in value and then, you know, that you have unreal realized gains, you have to pay tax on it. Does that mean you'd have to sell your home? That's the kind of end game. So it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and it's uh, I, I don't know I don't want to go off on one about um, <laughs> a financial system, but um, it is it is kind of the signs of you know a, a dwindling financial system when they're just seeking more and more uh, ways to extract value from uh, the average citizen. So do you think that opens up? people's eyes so once again this concept of people moving into Monero for holding uh, an asset in the most secure way possible right so uh unrealized gains on Monero versus unrealized gains on something like Bitcoin where it's transparent and they can uh you know easily see your Bitcoin do you think that's going to open people's eyes as well people may say hey you know what maybe I want to hold Monero for when uh you know, they come to collect my unrealized capital gains. I I think the degree to which people would have to avoid unrealized gains once it, you know, if that were to be enacted would be so extreme that I think most people wouldn't be willing to take the necessary um, actions because there's quite a, there's quite a hurdle. Uh, just a t firstly, uh, just an understanding you know, just getting your your head around you know, what's going on—that's that's that's a, that's a pain. But also, just the technological aspect of actually going through the process of storing—you know—it means you have to. You know, 
I'd, I'd say, yeah, I, I, I'm not too familiar with, uh, you know, managing your Monero offline at the moment because I haven't checked in with the technological side. Um, last time, I believe you could just, uh, you know, run something on a laptop and then you could hold your hold your keys, basically hold your Monero. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of wa there's wallets now. Cake wallet is is one we always recommend. But there's a lot of easy ways now to to hold it and you hold your own keys. Hold it on yeah. Your phone, things like that. So so that that aspect's fine, but it's kind of the you know leakage data leakage of you know on it's not even it's not only just the government. There's any individual that's willing or has the resources to investigate you know what what how much are you worth kind of thing it's tricky because you know when you know with, with these cryptocurrencies we're, now we're basically responsible for the, our own personal financial security it's you know anyone could kind of you know knock on your door and say uh, i know you hold monero um you know you're going to send me a transaction or i'm going to hurt you kind of thing or it's so it's that kind of level people shouldn't even know you hold monero that's the thing i think so that's the way to go and then you know right. unrealized gains it, it won't even matter because the way you've approached you know owning monero is so extreme that you know you, you know they, they're not going to even know you have monero kind of thing that's i think that's the ultimate approach people would have to have to kind of avoid paying <laughs> capital gains but it's you know it's you versus the government kind of thing so or any chain analysis firm or any individual that you know if you were a part of a data leak like you know there was a ledger leak or any or there's a coinbase leak recently you know it only takes one exchange to have a, a data leak and then you know your name and address is kind of out there so yeah we hear you know with the unrealized capital gains talk that's been been happening you then you see people on on crypto twitter bitcoin are saying well uh unfortunately for me i lost my my bitcoin voting <laughs> accident which you know that meme doesn't really apply to bitcoin that's that's what we find so ironic here in, in, <laughs> yeah it certainly applies to monero though so that that's the point i'm trying to make right so when somebody does knock on your door whether it's a state or uh you know, some nefarious group that wants your crypto uh, with Monero, at least you could arguably say, you know, uh, I've, I lost my private keys in a boating accident. And they're, <laughs> you know, there's no way to determine whether or not that really happened. With Bitcoin, uh, you might try to say that, but when those actors then see your coins move <laughs> a week later, they know that you still have access to your private keys. Yeah, like, hello again. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, completely. Um, eventually starts to play out. Yeah, so I think um, it's just having a privacy-focused mindset from the ground up is crucial. So, um, it. It, honestly, like using Calyx OS or something on your mobile phone, getting used to using de-googled de um, mobile phones or, you know, kind of removing yourself from the system, I think is crucial as much as possible. Oops, there we go. That's my uh, Calyx OS going off. Oh, no, that's my other phone. Sorry. Um, I have a, one other thing that's, that people have been talking about is this idea that because... Monero is essentially untraceable. You can't you can't see the wallets and everything. That 
there may be naked shorting happening with Monero, and it's easier to pull off with something like Monero, right? Because you can't, you know, look at the Monero being held on exchanges. So this idea that exchanges may essentially be selling paper Monero, Monero that they don't actually have, uh, and they can get away with that. And if they're doing that, they could, you know, the price would be stagnating, right? Because they're just essentially selling Monero that doesn't actually exist. And it's not until people actually pull their Monero off the exchanges that we'd really see what the real uh, value is in the market. Yeah, I, I that is an issue, but I think, um, I mean, realistically speaking, that's likely to happen on an exchange like Bitfinex or just because of their history. I think that's, that's the issue with any kind of centralized exchange because or non-centralized really, but um, it's a bit of an honor system with, with regards to, you know, your crypto. So if you, it, it's not only a problem with Monero, it's just a general problem in the space. Um, you know, you see odd things with Tether um, in the early days of the space and, you know, Bitfinex uh, basically, you know, providing people with an IOU system back in the day because um, of what went down. I mean, it's, it's kind of inescapable, but it's the trade-off that you have, kind of have to make. And you know, there's, there's no there's no perfect outcome with any of what we're doing. I mean, this is the wild, wild west of you know the financial, the new financial uh, technology industry, technology sector ultimately. And um, you know, it's just a risk that an individual has to take. It. Ultimately, I can't. There's there's no there's no there's no real way to determine at the moment if that's happening or not. So it's kind of one of those things you can be aware of and pay attention to. But as as the market matures, we'll eventually find out, and then you can kind of make a decision. You know, you you could arguably, if if you were to think that were, what was happening, you could start selling your Monero too um, and cash out if you wanted to, um, or Trust in the project because that'd be a short-term thing in the grand scale of things. Um, price would eventually iron itself out, and then the project could continue. You know, what if that all became public, then the project could just price-wise could just continue to track on the typical trajectory one would expect. So that'd still be something that I think would be quite a severe blip, but maybe would just probably not last the market cycle to, until it was ironed out. But essentially, what would happen is, you know, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine that lasting or severely being a detriment to to the Monero project. Ultimately, yeah. Our advice to people is always just you know take your Monero off of exchanges, right? That's the yeah. Hold your own keys. Hold your own Monero. Uh, if you need to, you know, if you need to sell it or liquidate it, then you move it back onto an exchange. But shouldn't shouldn't keep any any crypto really, and particularly Monero, on an exchange. Pull it off and hold it. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there? Um... We have someone on stage, actually. Oh, we have somebody on stage. Yeah. Let's see if they want to ask a, a, question, a question related to all this. MB, hello. Oh, yes. Good morning. Good morning. Um, let's see. I'm a little <laughs> bit unprepared. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, uh, James. What do you think about the recent Bitcoin uh, pump? It seems like there was. Uh, not many different entities more like one or two who bought a giant candle and <laughs> pumped bitcoin by like three thousand dollars in 30 minutes it was like last week right 
Yeah. Um, so if I just remove all drawings to clear the chart up, um, honestly, until you know, it's on track to break above its all-time high. So how it gets there doesn't matter too much. Um, it's. I do think there are going to be some actors where they they have a financial incentive to make sure Bitcoin price continues to trend upwards. But looking at it now, it looks like. Um, it's in a it's in a very common pattern, which is just an ascending triangle pattern with initial impulse, which would suggests relatively soon we're going to break out and see some upside. Um, but I don't think I don't feel retail have re-entered the market really based on you know just looking at on-chain data as well. Um, some people be, were complaining about the volume on this move as well, but it's comparable to some of the volume on the moves on the on the way up as well. I know, uh, I think his name's Crypto uh, Whale on Twitter. He's a bit of a bear. He's saying Bitcoin's going to retrace to 10K um, relatively soon. I tend to disagree just because of, you know, it's it, we're seeing things we saw in the run-up to the all-time high. Um, but to say, you know, say there's no manipulation in the market, I'd, you know, I'd, you know that'd been, <laughs> that's not a factual statement. But um, just from a technical perspective, it's on track to do what one would expect if it was going to break above the all-time high. I'd probably say it's going to take a bit longer than people hope, um, but it's you know, it's trending to the upside, and that means that all the altcoins like Monero are also on track to do the same. Um, yeah, that's that's my two cents. I don't think you need to worry too much about the minutia if you just trade the charts mostly. Mostly trade the chart. So interesting. Any other questions? Um, not, not about price, no. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> what do you cool. think, um, James? What do you think about this? I, mean, I guess we kind of touched on this in different ways, but so Monero sitting at it's ranked thirty-seven on Coin Market Cap, and in front of it are thirty-six coins. I mean, Bitcoin obviously deserves to be there ethereum um i don't know about all the others though i mean so many of them just seem like they're they're projects that don't really even aren't really serving a, a use case <laughs> other than speculation yeah how do, you, how do you look at that how do you analyze that um, do you think so just even ignoring price just looking at mm -hmm. that monero versus these other coins and it's ranked at 37 do you see that as an indication that it's undervalued or do you think it's in its right position where, where it's sitting at or uh, I, I haven't looked at coin market cap since 2017 because it's oh, wow. irrelevant <laughs> if I'm honest with you um, it's it's useful for historical positions of where coins were mm -hmm. so uh, you know if you maybe I'll bring it up um, coin market cap um, it's been a while so you know that uh, you're completely right. There are so many coins that can just firstly penetrate the top 20, top 25 that are new that, you know, they, they have some interesting things going on with them. But for example, let's be honest, Dogecoin, it's a meme coin. Um, what else is here? Da, 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 da. Bitcoin Cash is here. I mean, you know, it it's, um, if we look at, <laughs> I, th I think the most useful thing is historical snapshots on coin market caps. So it just gives perspective for people. So, you know, if we look at what month is it? It's October. So if we look at October in 2014, just look at the coins that were there. Um, Bitcoin, XRP, Litecoin, BitShares, Dogecoin. Um, just because 
the market was less saturated, this probably held much more relevance back then. Um, market cap is important because it just lets you understand. It's one, it's one metric that you can determine the growth of the overall project relative to uh, uh, supply. Um, but as soon as, you know, last cycle, you know, the endless ICOs, this cycle, IDOs, literally every way to launch a project in new cryptocurrency fathomable, it's, it, it lost more and more relevancy, the ranking. So the, the, the things that matter are exactly the things you said earlier on the show, which were on on-chain metrics. The developer community is probably one of the most important um, uh, uh, things to look at in terms of is the project going to be trending in the right direction? Are people actually committing to GitHub? Are they actually continuing to contribute code that's actually being used? Um, then I'd look at the sentiment. The sentiment. So, what? How is? Um, how is the? You know, the hard, the most hardcore of the hardcore of that community um, responding to updates. How how engaged are there? How are they? How much growth is there um, on that side? And then also things like you said, like on-chain metrics, like new wallet addresses, really important. Um, and it's tricky. I guess it's tricky with Monero, but total tra value transacted on network too. Um, I, I'm guessing that's not something that you can really see with on-chain metrics with Monero because transactions are private. Um, but seeing, you know, wallet address is key. So those those are things I'd really pay attention to. Uh, Coin market cap was nice, um, but I'd probably say something like Coin Gecko is more useful because it has all this other information that just isn't here on Coin Market Cap. In in you know when you look at the rankings, so rankings are cool, but it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Um, yeah, so that's my two cents. Yeah, all right, good. Yeah, yeah, you could see you know Monero transaction count, so the amount of transactions that are taking place, and that's uh, going up all the time. But yeah, you can see the volume, right? You don't know if people are transacting uh, $10 worth of Monero or, you know, millions of dollars worth of Monero. We have no idea on the actual throughput, the amount of, the amount of actual dollar value that's going through the Monero network. At any Which is good. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you see, um, can you see um, the transactions versus time? So, so is it, is it relative to time or is that obfuscated from the network as well? Uh, no, yeah, you could see versus time, so the amount okay. of transactions that are happening. Um, okay, great. Yeah, which is a nice, steady upward trend. Lovely. And Monero was ranked 15th <laughs> uh, back in 2014. The fact it's been around since, 20, you know, well, pre-2014, um, it's, it's kind of a testament to how well it's doing. The fact it's in the top, you know, still in the top rankings. Um you know, most coins tend to drift outside the top 100, to be honest with you, after one market cycle. So um, let me see. Just trying to look for any examples that stand out from last cycle. No, because these are all mostly new projects. So, yeah, there's Qtum, Amise Go, but, yeah, EOS, you know, that was that was top 10, I believe. It's four, ranked 40, 41. You know, these projects just kind of drift off into the ether. Um, yeah, I'd love to see what that looks like in five years. To, <laughs> you know, yeah. things will not even exist anymore. Well, I guess yeah. coins never really truly go away, but they, they won't be on the, in the top 10 anymore, top 20. So. No, look, look uh, BitConnect's a prime example of that, the amount of time it took for it to just <laughs> disappear. So, yeah. yeah. So, all right, Matt, thank you so much. I think, uh, 
I, I know. I think we had said 20 minutes. So I really appreciate your time and doing a thorough one. Would love to have you on again. Maybe even uh, if you're down for it, we can talk offline on a more weekly basis. And it could be just a quick 10 minute update. We could maybe come up with some, some way to uh, compensate you for that. Uh, it'd be great to have you because people do like checking in on the price. Even if it was just like a quick, you know, five, 10 minute update on, on the week's movement in Monero would be awesome. Sure, definitely. I'd love to do that. And I'd love to have you on as well, just to pick your brains about Monero, just cool. to dive deep. So yeah, thanks so much. Tell, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and follow you and see your videos and just... Um, yeah, I mean, if you YouTube Bullen Bear Crypto, um, you should find me. Um, or just look look that up on Twitter, but it's fine. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that stuff. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, Bullen Bear Crypto on, tw- on YouTube, that should do the trick. So cool. we'll throw the cool. link. Yeah, I was just gonna do that. Cool. Awesome, you're, you're happy. You're welcome to stay on as long as you want. But th- thank you. Great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump off. Hope you have a, an amazing day. I shall catch you uh, soon. All right. Take All care. Thank you so much for Appreciate joining it. us. Bye. Bye. All right. Anybody okay. else want to uh, jump on? Jump on stage? Um, no. Well, we still have MB here. How's it going? <laughs> Um, I'm doing fine. Just to add to the ranking, the relevancy of it, uh, I kind of looked into it. If you look at the projects that are actually above Monero, most of them are stable coins or wrapped coins. So it doesn't matter at all. Or they're exchange coins like or other centralized coins like VeChain. It's basically a crypto form of shares. Instead of going to a stock exchange, they just make crypto coins. And so there's not a lot of actual money coins like Monero out there in the list above us. Uh, yeah, we yeah. need a new version of, of coin market cap, right? That really uh, more accurately highlights uh, the current value of, of a project. I think you can filter on CoinGecko by uh, project type. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be more helpful if you want to look at the price of Monero to filter by that, um, because then you would have no stuff like internet computer or rep Bitcoin mixed into your chart. And it would probably be a better perspective on where Monero stands in comparison to the other money cryptos. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's good advice. Um, I mean, like you said, it doesn't, it's becoming less and less relevant. Uh, coin, coin market cap, uh, dot com. It's, uh, really losing its, I think, yeah, I think a few years ago it had, had a little more relevance and like you're saying, there's just a lot of projects mixed in there that, uh, doesn't even really make sense to have them up there like tether and um yeah these stable coins the wrapped coins like you said a wrapped btc which is obviously going to have the same value as btc itself doesn't that doesn't even make sense um what did you think of the price report did you listen to the whole thing mb yeah i think it's interesting uh actually i didn't think uh of a short-term bullishness uh I'm not that bullish short term. I think all of crypto will probably go into bear market. So oh, yeah. I think we're in the continuing on the. I, I think the, the $3,000 pump was a little suspicious and 
maybe to prop up the price a bit because there's still the whole other uh, macro stuff going on with the Chinese firms going bankrupt and mm -hmm. it's not looking that great for the whole economy and stock market and if the stock market goes down crypto goes down even harder and you think so we I, actually get a, a point get to a point though where there's um you know as the stock market goes down crypto goes up as a safe haven right in theory that it should eventually function like that right it becomes a place to to move your wealth store your wealth i don't, I don't know if we're there yet but that's uh long yeah i, I get don't that. think it's at that point right now right now it's more like bitcoin and ethereum uh being made available to people to invest by their financial institutions and they're getting exposure to it but it's not seen as a safe investment and because of that crypto is most of the time the first asset a company will drop should there be other uh, financial burdens go yeah like their stocks going down they will drop crypto first Mm hmm. Yeah, they're the riskiest asset. Yeah, it's anybody's guess. I mean, I don't know why there's just a, a large swath of the crypto community that, that thinks we're definitely hitting 100K in Bitcoin. I don't know where that that confidence is coming from. But sure, sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, Venero at a thousand bucks. Why not? That would be that would be amazing. But like you said, uh, who knows? Who knows? Sunita, what do you think? You think we're uh, continuing on in this bull market or the peak is already, the top is already in? No, I think we'll continue in the bull yeah. market. Yeah. All right. Sunita's <laughs> throwing out a prediction there. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like we are, that's just because everybody thinks, but that's like, that's exactly when it doesn't happen, right? When everybody's kind of leaning towards one direction is when there's that wake up call. And like, nope, guys, going down. <laughs> if we do, and B, if we do go down, if this is the the beginning of the the next uh, bear market, how how low do you think we go in terms of Bitcoin, in terms of Monero? Uh, I haven't really looked that much into it, but I think Bitcoin twenty k could be a pretty good bottom. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going much lower. So all the way back down to the previous top from the from the yeah probably. Market. But that would be probably the worst case. I don't see it going much lower at all. 10K would certainly scare people. That'd be <laughs> interesting to watch. Yeah. Oh, they. Right. <laughs> hey. That's, you know, it's crypto. Yeah. It's really um, close there. Anybody else want to jump up here? We're, we're at, at an hour. An hour. Right? Not an hour. Oh, we want to bring up coin cards, right? Yeah. So, uh, so how was your experience? <laughs> great experience. We're going to throw the link out there. Uh, yeah, the it's actually, yeah, it's all in our uh, show notes. So, so since I've been moving more, go ahead, MB, what were you going to say? I wanted to ask coin cards as a service where you can uh, like spend Monero for gift cards, right? Yep. And they have a, okay. a large selection. Yeah. Yeah. And we just started recently using it, um, trying to move towards into using monero to live off of uh, <clears throat> at least me so i'm trying to figure out how how to do that and so coin card seems like it's going to be one of the ways it's going to allow us to do that so easily buy amazon gift cards with it 
and not just Amazon cards. They have a, they have a huge selection. Yeah, they have a huge selection. Yeah. Amazon being the most but, yeah, useful ones. Useful ones. Um, so that could, you know, even provide our groceries. Amazon is hooked up with Whole Foods here in New York, so it could be a way to order groceries. The whole deal, which is pretty cool. So we reached out to Coin Cards. We told them we're going to probably be using them quite a bit and talking about them quite a bit on Monerotopia as we explain to people how they could uh, live off Monero if they want to. So. They gave us an affiliate link. So if anybody in the crypto in the Monero community is looking to buy coin cards, which we, you know, I'd say at this point we recommend you do. If you're looking to spend your Monero, it's a good way to do it. Um, to then buy real world goods with it. So use our affiliate link if you don't mind, and we'll we get a percent it's a very, very low percentage. I think we get what like I think it was I don't know, it's like some minuscule amount but we, we wanted to promote them anyway um we want to get it would be awesome to see monero being the most used crypto on coin cards been watching that a little bit bitcoin is the number one most used i think litecoin is used litecoin and monero are kind of competing for the third spot it'd be awesome to see that trend up and monero become the most used crypto on coin cards i think that'd be a, a nice Nice thing to see, a nice indication that people are actually using, using it for real life yeah, purposes. So. Yeah. And so it's we're, pretty we're easy. promoting it for those purposes. So if you uh, want to use Monero, that's a, a nice way to do it. You could essentially purchase your coin card without uh, anonymously, right? I mean, you just need an email. You just need an email. That's it. An email. Yes, so. And then, you know, name. Um, but that's really a just email. And it's pretty like straightforward. Right. Obviously, like you're, you're responsible for, for paying your taxes or getting capital gains yes. on that sale of Monero. So you keep track of that. But uh, at least there, there's less information there and it's uh, nobody knows what you're doing with your Monero. So you could buy those coin cards with just an email and then you can use them for your daily needs. Did you throw the link up? Yeah, I did. Okay. What do you think? MB, what do you think of coin cards? I think it's probably one of the easiest ways to actually use Monero, probably. Mm -hmm. um, sounds like a great service. I don't know if they're available outside of the US. Um, as of right now, I believe it's just the US, but the, I think soon it'll be in um, Europe, oh, I yeah? believe. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. I think it, but soon. Let me see. Yeah, we'd like to see them grow. I mean, it, it's nice that they've adopted Monero. You know, we don't we see some services that are hesitant to to use Monero, and it's nice that they're doing it in a way where you don't have to give up your personal information. So yeah, it's, it's really aligned with the Monero ethos here. So we're, we support coin cards and trying to get other, urge other people. What's the the Bitcoin one that everybody uses? That the Bitcoin version of coin cards. I don't remember. Get the name. Um, but maybe if coin card starts to give them a run for their money, we would see Monero get added to services like that. So that would be cool once they start to see that it's, it's worth their effort in adding something like Monero so that they can get a piece of that revenue. Yeah, right now. Oh, United, oh, United Kingdom coming soon. But right now it's just North America, Canada and the United States. Yeah. They're a Canadian company. Um, Seems like, like United the... Kingdom coming soon. Seems like they have a problem with the European Union then. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll keep growing. Yeah, guys, show them some support. 
I mean, if you need, if you need to use it. If you it need now. to use it. Yeah. <laughs> God's forcing. <laughs> All right. Is there any, um, any other thing you want to bring up? No. Uh, just a special thanks to Cake Wallet for sponsoring us. As, as usual. Always. As always. As always. It'd be cool. Maybe eventually something like Coin Cars gets integrated. Ooh, that would be nice. Cake. Really easy. It would be cool. I could see something like that potentially happening. You could uh, just easily buy your Coin Car or whatever it may be right yeah. through Cake. Um, awesome. I think that's, I think oh, that's bit refill. Thank you, Mr. Chu. <laughs> that's the big one for that people primarily use for uh, Bitcoin and other cryptos, but Monero is not on bit refill. So uh, I don't know why it'd be nice to see them add it, but maybe if we, you know, pump up Monero's usage on coin cards, then we'll see these other players start to jump in and add Monero. Yeah. But, uh, alrighty then. That's about it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we, had, we had a good show here. It'd be awesome to get that guy on on a weekly basis. Just be like a yeah. 10 minute price oh. report. Hopefully, uh, you know, MB is wrong and we're actually still in the <laughs> that'll be entertaining to report each week <laughs> as it's going up as opposed to report each week as it's going down. But <laughs> would be fun. MB, where, where are you calling in from? Um, from Germany. And last time it was 3 a.m. when I was on. And oh, wow. I really appreciate uh, the time right now. It's way more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to do these on Saturdays or Sundays from here on out. Hopefully, we understand, yeah. Picking a regular time every Saturday. Today, uh, yesterday, we weren't able to do it because we had a family thing going on. But and yeah, then, well, also the, the the crypto bull wasn't available to and today. And crypto bull so. wasn't available yesterday. Yeah, sorry for the short notice. But, um, I mean, we try our best. Usually, it's just us, but we always try to get interesting guest so sometimes the, the time changes but but this is so a bear great with time. us yeah. saturday sunday around 11 o'clock that really includes a, a large <clears throat> swath of the globe that can can join yep. all right guys i think we're gonna, we're gonna call it a day and uh enjoy your sunday uh make sure to like and subscribe to our channel just in case you haven't because you know some people just kind of watch it and don't like or subscribe. I mean, like and subscribe. <laughs> it's just the simple things. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time. See you next week. Take care. Ciao. Thanks, MB. Adios, peeps. <laughs> Bye. Bye.